a taste of Melbourne's diverse poetry scene. Poets using their voices to entertain, to move, to take you on a journey. Connecting you to grassroots poetry and performance. Good morning. Welcome to Spoken Word on 3CR. My name is Tina Janukas. 3CR broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present. Today on the program we have Mick Metzer, who is well known in the Melbourne spoken word scene. He has published Worlds Apart, his first poetry collection, and a children's book, Leo's Road to Football, a poem, with illustrations by well-known artist Rafaela Torreson. Mick, welcome to the program. Good morning. Mick, you were born in Italy and came to Australia as a child. What was it like for you to have to learn a new language and then eventually write poetry in that language? Well, I was young. I remember as you're young, you're a sponge, so you learn a lot quickly. And it was strange remembering as a child walking the streets and not able to communicate. But then after six, seven months... I did begin communicating with the English-speaking kids. However, because I'd moved to Coburg, there was a lot of Italian-speaking young kids where I could uh, play and communicate with them. Plus, we had uh, a lot of cousins out here by then. I'd visit them or we'd visit them with a family. This was in the 60s, right? 70s. Ah, in the 70s. So when exactly did you come to Australia? December 1970. And did you come by ship or plane? Came by ship. That was an adventurous trip actually. I was spoiled. I, we, we used to have um, movie afternoons. I'd go to the door and I'd knock, knock on the door and they'd see me and I was the first one ever to get in. I suppose you're always spoiled as a child but I was special on the ship. I don't know why. I still don't know. Many poets write about their childhood. I think you've also been writing poetry about your childhood. How do you handle your life growing up in Italy in your poetry? Well, I did write a poem about growing up in my town as I was reflecting through the times of COVID and all these images were coming to me. I submitted it to some website regarding the Mediterranean, but then I had more stories to tell and I didn't send the edited version where I did extra stanzas on it and I'd like to read it if you'd like. Please do. Growing up in Malocchio. A tourist, the sand under my feet at Trapea, a cliff, Cathedral in Maria Santissima di Romania. The Red Onions have become a success. The village now caters to tourists. The ferry that we did not take departs for Stromboli. There I see it, an island in the Tyrrhenian. The Bella Vista from the lookout on Mount Trepido wasn't a frightening view. Forest has regenerated and hides its history. Carbone for sale, the charcoal makers scream from the back of the truck. Energy delivery for cooking and warmth, Dad was taught by his father. Was that my future? Employment. He is now in the Southern Hemisphere, leaving three kids under five. My two mums raised me, unconditional reward. They sang as they twisted a pigtail of hay to sail the chorus with melody as they danced on the grapes barefoot, running down the corrugated sheet, the sweet and sticky nectar, in the shed where I was prohibited for playing on the roof, screamed the sheep came running as I lied to her that I saw a snake, told her the truth that I was playing on the roof, called me a brutello, 
offended. She thought of me ugly. Now I know it is brutal. The change in mindset, lessons in gentleness. We had no money for toys. We were a luxury there. We learned to roll tyres, play tiggy, build billy carts where you laid on your stomach and steer a bar. The first cart was confiscated, rode down the main street, harassed the donkey owner for a ride every night until he relented and set me side on. At the stable, watering it, threw bucket over it, and he cursed me as I ran off. Toys and rides are sweet delights, honey thoughts. The dried figs surplus from the tree Grandma would give to one in need. The village cared for its own, built social housing, a piazza town hall and war memorial where Grandpa had his plot. I was born there. The house still stands, what's left of it. The hill where the Brutiums owned the land, the patronym survives. Yes, I was a brute when Mum whacked me for misbehaving, imposed my vengeance, killing the pullets. Another beating. Karma is best served swiftly, union of love between family and God. Three historic churches and a convent reside, the oldest now cordon, waiting to be renovated. Wonder if the fresco survived in St Vito. Mass where I didn't understand a word being spoken. We spoke a Latin dialect in town. Our language lives. The priests who baptised, married and buried in a town where the Abbey of Santa Maria de Merula since 1275. In books, history's recorded memory. Studies done on centenarians there in the town rich in greens and little protein where freshness is picked daily. In May to Ides of June the cherries grew beginning with white to reds then blacks. I was short and ate the ones I could reach. Then the axe a slap. What about next year? Recognised fruit trees from leaves when I was young. Discipline and learning. The cuddles and kisses from mum and auntie. The extended family joined in as well where the cousins played in the olive grove the vineyard was too hot in the summer time where the soccer ground is now the views to the valley and mount peaks i saw when i walked around that to keep match fit returned as a visitor where the relatives reside in the cemetery the walk to the plot past the graveyard winding down the hill the Jura on its way to the high street then up to mount trepida saw this twice with mum as we walked to salee in the lanes found wild sweet strawberries, lately hazelnuts, wild oregano. The Bocchini and the Balutus grew there and we gathered them too. What we grew we ate, others ate anything that moved. I had beef and fish once a month, that was my protein hit. Vegetarian diet survives, migration. Where were you when they landed on the moon? Mum had carted wool, spinner on the footpath, a nice day in June to sit outside and prepare yarn. I got a woolen jumper knitted by mum, kept me warm, then didn't put it on till autumn came and the harvest came in where we picked olives by hand. Hands and feet moved, the body exercised. I'm on a ladder in the front yard stripping olives, stained black hands like gathering blackberries. In the distance a dark black plume of smoke. There we were, rolling tyres to the blaze blocking off two roads into town. Yeah, we are pissed. They moved the capital. I'm six and playing with political activism. Tribal wars run deep. When the rivers are dry, flames cross easily. First train ride in my life to Messina. The bridges and tunnels, sentries guard. The machine guns protecting us. Dad tells me his appointment to Trieste. He was readily armed waiting for Tito. Red Brigade kidnapping and bombing the country. We arrive safely, take the ferry and eat arancini.
the watcher observes events stored in memory here to recount the impact. The oil sways by water wheel, animals, diesel motors and electricity advanced in time, picked by hand, then brooms, nets and tractors followed. We used ours for soap and cooking, added on bread with sugar. Auntie Carmel sold her surplus to pay bills. The olive trees on Auntie Rose's outlived kingdom. Some great-great-whatever-grandfather owned the lot. The industry is still there, just surviving competition. Villagers emigrate, coin stains in the fountains. Enjoy the trips on the bus to the beach with brother and sister, not scraping the tail off after swimming. Eating homemade pizza, olives and bread prepared by mums. Barring floats to enjoy a swim, the warmth of strangers in the river, mum washed bedsheets, brother dammed the swimming pool, drinking spring water where wild pencil asparagus grew, haven't tasted them for so long, living on this island home. The olives in brine have spoiled throughout. The water fountain spat ride fish a coin, soccer, cards and political rallies in the piazza. The Madonna was hauled around the streets, culminated with a fireworks show. First a horsehead costume, where sparks flowed from wind fans and firecrackers blew. The grand finale over the council clock tower. The Christian feast day, St Joseph, the petals on Palm Sunday. Welcome the festivities, day took us to Moomba Parade. We pushed front toe on the spiky casing and they popped out the chestnuts in autumn. Loved the myriad of colours, my light brown to blonde hair, same as chestnuts, others darker. What the heck, it was my birthday and they were roasted. Early hailstorms lay thick in the laneway at the back, built snowman from it with brother. Decorated sticks and stones, filled glass top with coffee and sugar, our natural ganita, a toast. Natural diet we learned to adopt. The landslide is a landmark we see from the bedroom window where brother would gasp for air. Behind the church, we lived in our little palace, diagonally across from the school. Mum would drag me to. She was the only one of seven that wrote where I was taken to the teacher's home to play with her son, whereas the other teacher would put the tally at the front door. All us kids sat on the road and watched the show. Luxury from yesteryear, standard of living, common items. All the kids jumped on the moving ute for a joyride. Heading out of town, jumped at last and hit my head. Mum was worried as we were due to leave for good. When I awoke, Mum was holding me. I had a headache. Told me never to celebrate All Souls Day again. Allergic to paraffin smoke or the scent of flowers. Now I make space from extinguished candles. Cake, driven into hall, birthday girl, blows candles. I sing from a distance. Found my travels to a border town staying with my fourth cousin. The roots go back to Grandma where Arnie scared away the viper. Maria rocked me to sleep. Here we are looking at Monaco day or night. The reflections of the sky was from toe to curve. Azure waves dance. Now we waltz around watching waves break the shore. Back in the village from the place we call the two seas. Forest. High rise lookout will return the Bella Vista to the spot. Many pictured memories, nostalgia takes me back. The lookout compliments as a fire tower to the Tyranian. The island of Stromboli resembles Uluru from a distance. The Esplanade range curves to the sea. Ferragosta was celebrated here with a goat on the barbecue. Follow the site to the numerous towns you can see in the city. They call it a million dollar view. I call it home, miss home. Wishes are plenty, dreams are now few, this childhood belongs to me.
That's marvellous. Thank you. So you said you wrote that poem uh, during COVID. Yes. So what prompted you to write such a poem about your childhood? I was just thinking back the memories of when I was a child and missing missing going, going back to town because because of the two-year lockdown, I had planned for 2020 to return to town. However, because of lockdown, I, I couldn't move. So all these nostalgic feeling, I'm, I'm supposed I'm past 60 and I'm starting to remember things I did in my childhood. I decided to write them down to remind me what was it like there and what it's like here in the city. Growing up in a country town is very different to growing up in a city where you just see buildings everywhere, whereas in a country town there's a few houses and then there's either forest or farmland. So the hometown is Molokia? That's correct. Is that in southern Italy or...? It's in Calabria and southern Italy. It must have been quite a shock coming from Italy to Australia then. I don't know if it was a shock or it was an adventure. You're young, you're eight years old and it's an adventure then I suppose life gets serious. But yeah, it was an adventure at a young age. Now I think about it. Why did it take you till your 40s to start writing poetry? I think that was a job in my life where I got divorced. I thought it was therapy. I thought this will go for a couple of years. I can keep all these words to myself. It didn't. I had the muse since I was young, but I denied writing it. And then I began to write it. And that was the fault of Henry Larson reading his poem. Of Henry Lawson, his real name's Henry Larson. I still refer to him as Larson. And because of the muse always singing, I thought, right, I'm not insane. This is sanity. I can write this down. So you then came into the spoken word scene and the rest is history. Yes. I'd seen the sign on the door. So I said, I've got to get there one night. I've got to get there. And finally I did after probably a couple of months. And I really enjoyed it. That was... Um, Michael Reynolds' Passionate Tongues. In, I was at the Retreat Hotel in, in Brunswick at the time. That was back in 2002. And two. And two. So um, that was the beginning of your poetry career. Yeah, if you, I, I don't think I call it a career. I call it a vacation, a lovely vaca- mm. vacation, because it's the people you meet through poetry, the places you get to. I wouldn't have thought in my life, when, as I was younger, that I'd be writing poetry. But as it happens, it, it, it's been a beautiful and wonderful journey because it you can get you to places you don't believe you can, as when I've gone to London and uh, interstate. Do you have a few children's picture books or footy boots that your kids have outgrown but want to find them a loving home? We'll drop them in at 3CR and put them in the Books and Boots bin. Books and Boots regularly sends pre-loved children's picture books and sports footwear to remote and regional First Nations communities and children across the country. Contact us at Books and Boots or go to the website www.booksandboots.org.au We love a good book. Welcome back. I'm Tina Janukas and I'm speaking with Mick Metzer on 3CR's Spoken Word program. You ended up recently going overseas with your poetry, first to Italy and then to Greece. Yeah, that was my poetry adventure of 2023, uh, 2022. I'd entered a competition. I I think this was the third competition in 20 years that I've ever entered. And I did it because it was from my town. I thought, oh wait, this one's from my town and I have an attachment there. 
So the bond was too strong that I had to send it in. It cost me 15 euros, and I said, this is more than what it costs over here. <laughs> Your hometown of Molocchio in Calabria. That's yeah? correct. And I entered the international section, and I, um, I had to translate it. So I had an English version, and I had to translate it into Italian. Thank God for Google, because it translated for me. And I think I did have to correct a couple of sentences, because it didn't sound right in Italian. The festival is the... Um Premio Letterario Internazionale Aspromonte Città di Molocchio, is that right? That's correct. That's from my town. Has yeah. it been a, a long-running festival? No, that was its second year. This year it's its third year. And I didn't enter it the first year. And then I regretted it and I thought, no, I've got to enter that because that's my hometown. So I entered it and they got not only just poetry, they also have music and um, they have several prizes. And uh, I received the third prize prize in the international competition, which I was very surprised, celebrated. And so you flew to Italy to receive your award and take part in the festival? That's correct. Yeah, that was, I said, I've got to go back and, and, and get this by hand. I don't want it shipped over by mail. I received a beautiful little medal of the town, um, town hall and a certificate on the third prize and as I was there I thought wait a second there's a poetry festival in Greece at the same time and I said to myself last time I went to Tasmania I didn't go to the Republic and I've regretted it ever since. Republic is a poetry gig over there or was at the time at at a hotel. I said I'm not going to regret it this time and I ended up um, traveling to Nausa in northern Greece Well, before we get to that festival, it would be lovely to hear the poem that you won the prize for in the uh, festival in your hometown. Sure. Uh, Love is not art. I write this verse because I do not love you. Admire you in my universe when I think of us two. A separation where oil sits on water. The difference between you and me is a subject I study to make a clear breakthrough for you to accept Artemis hunts with Eris's blowpipe. In the chase, my timing is bad. It's always the words I lack. Our crossing is always unplanned. Derail words off the track. Lines aren't always linear. I sketch this portrait in words, outline them in the shape of razors where colour outlines converge from abstract to posies. A study of flowers hangs at the gallery. Love is not art. It is felt. Artists will pursue this topic while the rest fall into it. Then you realise it's all erotic. Say lovey. What was the reception like when you read the poem over there? I read it in English and a light clap. But when I read the Italian one, they understood. I didn't understand some of the words that I Google translated. However, they, they, they liked it. Have you lost your Italian? A lot of it. I had two years of speaking of classes, however, and because you don't practice it, I've been practicing the dialect because of family, etc. Still get by when I'm over there in the north and south when I'm traveling. Yeah. So, you also at the same time ended up going to a festival in northern Greece. Can you uh, tell us about that particular adventure? That was beautiful. I, I went over there via um, ferry and then I drove all the way there because I'd hired a car. It was beautiful. It was not just um, not just a poetry gig. She ran the festival for two days, and we got on stage. We were given bedding, uh, uh, meals to eat, and 
tourist attractions we went to visit, such as the forest and the fruit at Aristotle's. Ah, uh, yeah, because the theme of the festival was Aristotle and the world. Yes, it was. And they took us to where he first taught uh, his lessons down there in ah. Nausa. So this was the first international poetry festival of Nausa in northern Greece, yeah? That's correct. Yeah, and you were like one of, what, 22 poets from 13 countries, including Germany and America, and you were representing Australia. Yes, I represented Australia, which I was really proud about. We did the poetry read at night, and it was all translated into Greek. I never understood a word in Greek, but when I saw that we had about 200 people in the in the auditorium, when they received the poem and they clapped really loud for all the poets, where we do it in our traditional language or in English and then in Greek, they did appreciate the poems. Well, that's a good turnout, 200 people in the auditorium. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Would you like to read us the poem that you read over there? Okay, the poem I read at the festival was, one was on Ukraine. War makes unhappy poets. The yellow and blue slowly desiccating. Gold buys weapons in war, armaments companies profit on human suffering. We observe the worst of capitalism. Fall of Kiev, destruction of democracy. News online stream refugees crossing borders. Frankincense and myrrh scent rises over Ukraine sky. Across Ukraine, a cross is absent on corpses. The Ukraine president marriage vows till death do us part. War makes unhappy people, a handkerchief in hand and tears on our faces. That's a powerful uh, little poem on uh, Ukraine. How was it uh, received? The good feedback I got from there because I had other poems that I'd given to the translator. Translate. She said, do the one on Ukraine because that's powerful. And that was received really well where I met another poet who didn't speak English but we conversed in Italian that she wanted a translation of that in Italian and she was going to follow on with it, which is rather remarkable. You know, it's good when you influence poetry with somebody else, and, and to me that's when poetry's done its its work, when it does create the human compassion and, and empathy factor in people where it's had its influence. That's what I love about writing poetry. And that poem certainly, I think, um, reflects that. As you were reading that poem, I could feel its power and... Uh, your own very empathetic reaction to the war. Yeah, it really hurts to write in that vein, but you know what's happening over there. You, you imagine all this stuff and you go back to a realism and you, when you write about it, the pain's there. And the, the worst thing about it is that you read it poems over and over again that the empathy factor, because you're becoming desensitised to it after reading it so many times, you realise you still have, it still has an impact. I still read it out because mm. of that. Did your time in Italy and Greece inspire any poetry? Yeah, one did. One, The one to now, sir. Each verse has a different uh, day for me to remember, even though I've written it in a more or less con continuity for me. It's the adventure of the days that while we were there. Before you read the poem, can you tell us a little bit about Nausa? What inspired you to write this poem? What inspires me to write poetry is a new experience or, or something similar to a travel diary. And this happened to be one of my, what I call my travel diary poems, where you go on an adventure, hey, I'm going to write about that because I did really enjoy it. And to remind you that even though 
poetry is supposed to bring the pain, you can contrast it with beauty as well. And poems can show a little bit of beauty. And this is the poem I'll read now. A sea in calm waters where the lightning sails along and you wander into the mist where vis visions are diminishing. A light to a road journey, now survive freeway, accompanied by rain on Google Maps towards the snowfields, St Nicholas Forest, the municipal gardens and the Forever Valley site. The internet is intermittent, the mic squelch, the car breaks down, these three obstacles. The Perseverance, the Poetry Festival, the show must go on and we wait patiently at the epitaph to the future, the sacrifice of Nausa. The women jump from bondage into the flags of revolution. The red or white spilled its flow, the blue on white for freedom. The cause was lost to the uprising, the harsh memories to history. Now the car horns blaring, a wedding in car procession, the future stamped in love, freedom and jubilation. Beautiful. That was parts history, parts adventure and actions that were happening what would you say are the themes and the issues that uh, draw you most? I think unfairness. When you see unfairness in society or the individuals and you look for a balance, a balance of peace, a balance of equilibrium, because poetry teaches me that to contrast the dark and the light and the good and the bad. And that is what pushes me to write about fairness between one another and one nation to another especially in the current affairs are going on in these day and age. Would you have another poem that you could uh, read for us? Yeah, this one's called Evening. Can you tell us a little bit about the poem? The poem is actually written on stillness. I was there one night in the front yard and I got into this writing mode of stillness and the space opened up to write it and what I was observing to see around me. And then I encapsulated what's happening in the world at the time and let's try and blossom it as well. So this one is called Evening. The roses I keep in the garden are dying, the halo around the moon is shining, the tree branches in the trees are swaying. I'm sitting outside with my feet up. I turn my attention to the moon, that the sun brightens each clear night. I can still see it smile in the dark, such as a joy it brings. Take advantage of holding an empty glass, toast to the cold night air, throw on a jumper for warmth. That's the way it is when stillness takes hold. The roses remind me that the heart is in the halo whilst the wind rustles the leaves. I'm enjoying the singing of crickets. Nature blossoms through all seasons. A light through the prism is a rainbow. I capture that picture. The fleeting moments, a halo around the moon, roses in the garden. Sometimes you steal them. A kiss, an embrace. Resting in each other's arms, a parade of your own making. These are uncertain times. War rages, floods, fires, pandemics. In this volatility, hold on to each other and dearly save up what you have now. What would you say poetry has offered you? On a personal level, a better man, more humane, more sensitive to what's going on. Lots of friendships, lots of adventure. And like any other hobby that you do, you always find places to visit new people that you're interested it, 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 it encompasses social and friendships, and you make new friendships. Not only that, I have friends from all over the world. <laughs> and because of the lockdown, I, I went on to Zoom meeting, and it got me overseas to a festival. So what has poetry given me? Life. A whole complete life of um, internal and external as well. Do you have a, a final poem you'd like to read for us? 
I'll do fighting for a fair game. It brings out a bit of the lefty in me, I suppose. Is that from your first collection, Worlds Apart? Yes, it is. It's um, it's a rhyming one. Fight for a fair game. There's a fracture in the line, a break at the troopers don't need. There's an Indian file campsite out towards Eureka Lead. There's a captain's quarter arms with a first art building stands assembled to assault the stockade and cut the flag from where it hangs. There's cumulus clouds up high, the licence fees are steep, there's unlicensed miners frustrated by colonial greed. There's a charge to the barricade, an uprising fueled by anger, there's a horseman of apocalypse spreading malcontent and danger. There's shots fired to and fro in the ground's irrigated red, there's Fitzgerald drawing sword cutting down a hand-stitched flag. There's a rebellion down the hill, troopers dispensing law, and how many did Dr. Wheels Hill for those fighting for a fair go? Now there's a repair in the line where the fine arts building stands. There's a large glass casing where the eight-pointer stars hang. There's a lot of years gone by, different stories being told. There's books and souvenirs about Ballarat and its gold. And there's a Southern Cross swaying from cranes on construction site. And there's true blue fighting spirit left in our culture to keep up a fair fight. Thank you, Mick. My name is Tina Janukas and I've been talking with Mick Metzer on 3CR's Spoken Word program. Spoken Word broadcasts every Thursday 9am to 9.30 on 855am or live stream 3cr.org.au. Thank you for listening.